0: We're just let it be. We gotta change it up. Just
1: you and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bill Reach Teach Podcast. I am your host, Ms. Drawn. Thank you so much for joining me. On these last couple of days, we've been talking to some amazing guests about what is going on in our country regarding race relation and police brutality. We had Alex on earlier this week. We had Levi. They talked about the community experience from Minneapolis. Today, we're going to have a young brother coming on named Joshua Young talking about race relations in America. I just want to start out with some facts. So there was a survey done um, about race in America in 2019. This survey was done with um, Pure Research Center in 2019. What they did was they surveyed over 7,000 people, different race, different background, um, different socioeconomic status, and online they got some information about what they think about race in America. Um, more than 150 years later, after the 13th Amendment um, was abolished as it relates to slavery in the United States, most America, uh, most U.S. Um, adults say that the legacy of slavery continues to impact the position of African-American people in our society today. So far more people thought in this survey that our country has not made enough progress towards racial equality. And although we have made some some steps in the right direction, there's plenty of things that we can do um, and that we're going to talk about today as a Black people um, so that we can be able to get the same equal rights as our white counterparts. But some of the things they um, point out in the survey, ask questions, and here's some of the things that um, Black, White, Asian, Latinos really thought. First of all, they thought most Black adults have a negative view about the country's racial progress. So most African Americans felt that the country has not moved forward to deal with the inequalities of African Americans. The other thing that most majority of them felt that U.S. adults said that the Trump administration have made race relations in this country worse. And I would agree with that. I think this his tack and how he communicates and how he really don't have a vision for this country has really affected me as an African-American woman. And to see the country just really unraveling like it is today, based on this last week, clearly there is a leadership issue there. Um, non-whites are more likely to see advantage in being white. That was another fact that came out of the study. And Blacks are far more likely than whites to say discrimination is a major obstacle for Black people. So the Blacks that took this survey felt like every time they turned, whether it was economics, um, property, education, housing, all those things that we need to survive in community development, They always felt like they were experiencing discrimination, racial um, inequalities. And so for that, it was was always caused a stress in the community, a mental stress, a financial stress, a social and emotional stress that um, continues to play out as we see today. And you have seen the riots. You have seen the outcry. You've seen the protesters. Um, People are crying out for a different country. People are crying out for a different nation. And so as we move forward in our conversation today, I hope you'll start to reflect and think about that. Um, That we, more than 150 years later, after the 13th Amendment clearly was abolished in this country regarding slavery, we are still struggling to be one nation. All right. Welcome to the show, Mr. Young. How are you today?
0: I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How are you?
1: Good. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bill Reach, Teach. I have a wonderful guest. Him and I used to be co-workers out here in Detroit. Um, he's a wonderful young man, have a lot of great insight, a lot of things he's done for the community. And um, he put some really powerful things on his Instagram account about what's going on with this whole thing with George. So I just wanted you all to just hear from him and his perspective, because we're seeing all these images in the media, but we're really not talking about the hearts of where, how we got here. So from your perspective, you know, tell the people a little bit about who you are and how do you think we got here? What you saw based on what's going on right now? You know, I know how we got here, but I think a lot of people see things and they like, what? What's going on? Tell me a little bit about your perspective and what you think.
0: Well, I'm an Oakland native uh, born in Oakland, California. Um, I'm a PK, so I'm a preacher's kid. Um, I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. Um, I'm a motivator. I'm a day trader. I'm all these things. Um, and I'm a black man. So, Mm. you know, to, to see what happened most recently in Minnesota, um, you know, just very disheartening. Um, um, I'm I'm very angry. Um, Mm. I I really am at a loss for, you know, uh for words really. <laughs> you know, um wow. it's it's just one of those things when you're when you're when you're coming up, I'll I'll use, you know, my childhood for an example, just a little, you yeah. know, background. Um I remember living in a condominium in San Leandro, California and mm-hmm. I remember Receiving a note or letter from the leasing office that Reverend Black's kids hmm. need to not skateboard through the condominium. Now, my, now, 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 mind you, you know, when I, when I think about this as a child, I didn't really fully understand at that time. I I probably was you know seven eight years old. Right. Uh, But to think about that now and to think that what goes into renting or owning and the paperwork, that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I have a last name, it's young. But this letter sent to my father and mother said that Reverend Black's kids need to stay Mm -hmm. off their skateboard Mm -hmm. in the condominium. Now, mind you, we didn't own any skateboards. That wasn't even us. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Reverend Black's kids were at fault. For whatever, oh, right? So, right. you know, that's just a little. That's just a little glimpse into what you know. Uh, the black man grows up as or or, or goes through. You know, so as you a get
1: child. You get accused before you even do anything. Is what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that just it, it 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 puts something inside of you as a child, and it and it and it and it grows. You know, and and I think a lot of black men, you know, I was fortunate to have both parents in my household my entire life that stayed married. And every time I walked out the door, you know, I think about when I first got my license, it was DWB. Hmm. Every time I stepped foot to leave the door, you know, and as a kid, I just want to leave the house. I don't want to hear all that pop song, but it was DWB. And for those of you that don't know, that's driving while black. Wow. You know, now, to my counterparts in the other race, I don't think they have that same fear as a mother or father of their child walking out the door. Just to Mm -hmm. know that be on guard as you're leaving this house. Okay, now you're leaving the shelter of where we have this provision around you. You're going out into the world and you need to be on guard. Wow. So psychologically, that does something to you. That does something to your perception of what the police are. Hmm. You know, I don't think when I get pulled over that this is just going to be a routine stop. I'm going to give my information, my insurance, my ID. I think, wow, it's, you know, what, I have no idea.
1: Right. And it, it can be an overwhelming, a whole nother level of this, um, fear and anxiety there, you know, that causes you to tense up to the point where you don't you don't know what to expect with what you're saying. Why? Let me ask you this. Why do you think? And I'm just going to right into you. Why do you think cops, particular officers, white officers are intimidated by black people?
0: Well, I, I, I really believe it's something inherently passed down. Um, I don't believe mm. that all white cops, but I do think there is. A fear of what you don't understand to a degree. Mm. Um OK. And and I don't know if it's a, an intimidation or it's just uh, I think maybe it's that you don't see me as your equal. You don't wow. you don't yep. see me as another human being to start. So therefore, I can treat you any type of way because you are not equal uh, uh, to me. Mm. So that's real. Too. I think going into any exchange with a white police officer, you know, you have to really gauge where they're coming from. Because, you know, all of my experiences with white police officers hasn't been a negative experience. I actually right. uh as a child was 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 uh neighbors with the white police officer. And he was very friendly. And when he would go out of town with his wife, he would give us the keys to check on his cat and whatnot. So I don't want to, you know, make that uh, uh uh basically a general thing with every white police right. officer, but there is um a degree of white police officers who don't see us as human beings, first of all. So if you don't see me as a human being, first of all, as a second class citizen, then there is no respect.
1: Mm, You're right. And at some point it causes a real disconnection. And so you have people, some white police officers have a perception and therefore it causes this, this, this police brutality that's causing many, many people to lose lives and loved ones. Based on what's going on Minneapolis, the last couple of days have been horrible. Just seeing the city on fire. What is your response to that? Do you think some of the things that are happening, you know, are you surprised by it? Is it kind of like you think they're handling the right way? What's your feedback
0: on that? I'm I'm not surprised at all, to the least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm old enough to to have been alive during the Rodney King riots in the 80s. You know, that happened in mm-hmm. California when I was living there. Obviously, I was in Northern California, and that was happening in Los Angeles, but. This is just a cycle that's been continuing. I mean, this is going on 500 years now. This isn't anything, yes. this isn't anything new. Um, right. We now have the technology for these things to be filmed and recorded, and, you know, that's causing people to be, you know, I don't know some people, I guess, to be surprised, but for me personally, absolutely not. This has been going on right. as long as I was alive and as long as our mm-hmm. ancestors were brought to this country, this has been going on. This, is, this has been founded by this country this country was Mm -hmm. built on this. It was built on our backs, but it wasn't built for Mm -hmm. us. So, you know, I I don't want to go too far, but I mean, a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was really the Ku Klux Klan exchanged their white robes for police badges. No different than the 50s and the 60s being hosed down in the streets and beat with. This has been going on for as long as anybody can remember. So, it has
1: been. And so, it, it. you know, with that said, you know, do you think we'll ever overcome these daily attacks against black people? What do you think is going to take for us to get to a point where we stop this terrible cycle?
0: Well, when I think of the word overcome, I would say conquer and totally defeat. And I, I, I really don't believe that we can overcome mm. in a total aspect. But I do. Mm. I do have to believe that things can get better. OK. And. I mean, I guess I speak to that because I can't imagine bringing a son or daughter into this world and not having that outlook that things can get better. But it has to be from us. And I mean the Black community. Mm -hmm. Speak to it. Okay. (laughs) I don't believe it's going to come from anyone other than us. And it starts in the Black household. That's where it Mm. has to start. Before we can talk about community, we have to start in our own households. And that's with the man stepping up and being connected to God. First of Mm -hmm. all, and from that connecting to his wife and to his kids to be that leader in the household that they feel comfortable to follow until that happens until the black household can once again, represent what it's supposed to represent. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a really difficult time in getting change.
1: Absolutely. And I would agree with that. I think, There's a lot of things that are happening to us on the outside, but we as an African-American community have to be held accountable of how we connect with our communities. And there's such a disconnect between us. Um, Not to say what the police is doing is okay, but at some point, we have to rise up in the right way to be able to do what we need to do to take full responsibility for our household. So I'm happy you brought that up because in other communities, you, they do have these concerns, but ours is magnitude because some of the deep, wounded issues that we've had as a people for many, many years. And so, you know, as a Black man, what do you want people to know in this country about you as a Black man? I mean, I say that because they have all these different perspectives and things they think about when they see you on TV and they hear something. But what do you want this country to know about you?
0: Um... I just want to be looked at as a human being. Um, mm. It's just really basic with me. Um, and even if you. <laughs> hmm. it, it's just so hard to put into words, but. I don't really. Need anything from this country. I don't know. if wow. I, I, I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I would like for my future kids to feel like they can leave the house and not not fear for their life. That's, wow. That's, that's really it. Um, I want you to be able to judge me on who I am as a person, on my character, on what I display through my actions. I don't want to be judged based on my clothing, my style, mm. my music choice. I want you to just judge me for me. And if you find me to be a good person, then move forward with that outlook. If you find me to be a bad person, then move forward with that outlook. But don't judge me based on my skin complexion, my choice of style, my choice of music. Just judge me for me. That's, I mean, it's pretty basic.
1: Yeah. And you know what? That is pretty simple. And it's unfortunately that we continue to get in these situations in America (laughs) that we can't just give people that simple respect and you know as we continue to try to look at how we can move forward um, we really need to take responsibility as a country how we treat people makes a big difference and um, you know I'm just disheartened I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota my mom lived there I got brothers my sister lived there all my uncles and aunties and they're devastated you know because they kind of been dealing with this situation with police like in Detroit like in California for a long long time Mm -hmm. and uh, it's unfortunate that it had to get to this level but we can pray at this point uh, because based on what we've seen on tv uh, that video with george was completely unnecessary completely unnecessary completely inhumane nobody should be treated that way Mm -hmm. so i just want to thank you so much for your time coming on the show it is going to be broadcast tomorrow live um, I'm going to get the link out there for you to share. What you said today was so important. It had a lot of simplicity in it. It's very, very simple. But um, I have a lot of respect for you. And I'm going to be praying for you and your family as you've done for me. And I want to thank you for coming on, my brother.
0: Well, thank you for and having. thank
1: you for everything you've done. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And shout out, um, shout shout out to, to you connect.
0: for, uh, you know, your Build, Reach, and Teach podcast. It's amazing. And it's going to do amazing things. And once again, thank you.
1: All right, thank you, my brother. We will be in touch. And, um, like I said, I'm going to the information so we can be able to connect with our community so we can heal and work together. You have a great day.
0: Absolutely, you too. All
1: right, bye. Bye.
0: Wake up, everybody,
1: no more sleeping. I want to thank you all so much for joining in on this series. I can't breathe. We have learned so much these last three days about police brutality in the country that we live in. I just hope we continue to heal from this, continue to talk about it as a community. Please share the podcast. Please leave comments and feedback because this is an ongoing conversation. We've been here before. Uh, we've had riots in LA and Detroit. And and what we need to do is come together as a people and structure some systematic changes. Um, I was just reading a couple of articles um, recently on how do we change policies and procedures. And once again, our uh, former president, Barack Obama, came through with a letter today, and I will put the link, about how do we change systematic changes about making long lasting change for our people, uh, for black people to be able to be free and treated the right way. So we don't have to go to these extreme cry outs to hear, to be heard. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and feedback. And until next time, um, we will be following up, going into our series on education after coronavirus. I have some amazing guests coming up, as well as mental health and how to build a roadmap for yourself. So um, be looking on for those podcasts coming in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for joining